I hate it when my brilliance is snuffed out too soon. Reclaimed Audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 41 for August 17th, 2016. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Never Gets Old, <laughs> Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, and Scott Turner. My name is Phil Pinsky. Uh, with me, as always, are Tim Sway and, hey. I don't know, is Bill like pretending to be a peeper? What is he doing there? He's, uh, I don't know. What is that? Okay. It won't make sense to anybody, even you two, but I just had the song. Um, it was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater, and I had this envelope. It's a mailing envelope, but it's got purple polka dots on it, and it's not important why me, the most masculine guy you two know, has a purple polka dotted mailing envelope, but that's just what came to mind. But anyway, what's up, guys? Hey, hey, man. Hi. Hey, man. Okay, <laughs> let's, try to, let's try to resurrect this train wreck here, but... um. So uh, what are you uh, what are you guys up to this week? I was going to say, by the way, I'm Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, Tim Sway, Bill Lutz. Uh, what do you guys got going on? What's uh, what's cooking over there, Bill? What are you working on? Are you are you doing anything these days? I actually have started a palette project thing for Sterling's contest. I, I oh, actually nice. I ripped the bandaid off, and I'm just like gung ho. And um, yeah, I think I got a pretty neat idea to of something to make. So. I'm not sure what Tim is doing right now, but I'm slightly nervous. Well, you, you yeah. said you ripped the bandit out, so I was showing you I had my stitches out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Your thumb. Uh-huh. That's oh, really cool. cool now that I know what you're doing to the camera. Yeah. It's great how they got it, like, aligned again so it bends properly the same way pro- instead of Yeah, no, because it, 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 yeah, it was bending backwards at first. So I had to go back in for a second opinion, and then right. they figured it out, you know. Hey, oh, yeah, that's I, definitely a thumb. Yeah. I know oh. what it's like when they don't align stuff. I showed you guys my tattoo, right, from the surgery? No? no, I don't think really? I see it. <sighs> oh, it's not that bad. But Hello. Check this out. So, uh, <laughs> it's I, I just barely have to lift up my shirt tank top. pants. Okay, I can so, handle shirt. No imagine pants. this real quick though. I have a giant phoenix tattoo on my left hand side, left right. Anyway, left hand side, and the wingtip is right where the surgery was cut. So when I got out of surgery, the uh, surgeon says, "Hey, Bill, I tried everything went out well, but the I tried to line up where your tattoo is and it didn't quite come out." And I never saw that because of, you know the the bandages and the stitches and all that. Well, now that it's all healed up, check this out. <laughs> I'm really excited to see this. Can you see the wingtip? Oh, it's slightly off center right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't so think that anyway, bad boy is rising, rising from the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, – it's ironic that I picked a phoenix and I have risen from the ashes. I would I would go back to the tattoo artist and be like, dude, WTF, man. I paid you a lot of money to do this. You can't get the wings straight? <laughs> is there a warranty? Does it come with like a – bring your receipt. <laughs> yeah, you have a receipt you know, from the tattoo parlor, right? There's a reason that oh, – oh, you know what's really cool is I actually have kind of free tattoos for life because my tattoo artist – um, right at the end as she was working on the Phoenix, uh, cause this was like a four year process. Uh, cause I would work part-time every other weekend in her salon to pay for, cause it's expensive. Tattoo is not cheap and, and yeah. she's a friend. But anyway, at the very end, she was got, God, I wish I had a drawing table with the light box built into it because 
she had this little square, like 12 inch light box that she would do traces and stuff. But for bigger ones, I'm like, why didn't you say so four years ago? So I built her this amazing desk that half of it is a light box built in mm. that she could do traces and anything. So I kind of have free tattoos for life. So I didn't even think about that. She can actually fix the slightly off kilter tattoo. Now I have to post pictures of this so everybody can see what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't mind at all. I would leave it. I think it's a, no, no, it's a story. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, tattoos in general, are like that's, I, I have a couple, I never really got a lot of them, but I feel like it's, it's sort of like, it is the story of your life. Like they're all, you know, people have these like tattoos. It marks, that, it marks this point in history of my life. Right. Exactly. So like the, the Phoenix is a part of your story of your life. And now there's this addition to the Phoenix and this part of your story. It's like, it's really all just the scars of your existence, right? Oh, that's dark. Yeah. Although I did think now that I got a really no, cool like dark. L- <laughs> the scars of your existence. Well, maybe scars is like a dark word, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's like the it's your road, your 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 journey. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant the scars I've inflicted on people because of my existence. But... <laughs> no, we haven't done the podcast yet, so those are still to come. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so getting tattoos of um, our topic would be really cool. But we don't want to go there yet because we haven't heard of anything that – so I started a Sterling project. Uh, what are you working yes. on, Phil? Um, I just put out the uh, the quick and dirty desk uh, video that I did and uh, and I'm actually podcasting from it right now, which is great. I'm not hmm. sitting on the floor anymore. It's a lot of fun. But the you thing made I want a desk? To really? Yeah. I did it quickly and dirtily. Did you That's clean cool. it though afterwards? Did yeah, you? Yeah, so were you dirty when you made it or did you make it dirty? I guess I guess dirty alludes to uh, to the fashion in which it was made, and that just means like I didn't use mortise and tenon joinery. This is pocket holes, and it was made from uh, from a two by ten and some reclaimed plywood that I had. So it's just done very very quickly and without like um, really squaring up all the material perfectly. Like I didn't really need a perfect desk. I needed a desk, and I needed it quickly. So if uh, if you're someone who needs the same thing, then check out the video. The video was amazing, Phil. Seriously, it's uh, one of my favorite that you've done, and that's kind of how I do everything. Is I don't worry about squaring up nothing, and nothing. it just it came out awesome. Seriously, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no straight lines in nature, man. So even if it's just kind of like Jimmy's sign, if it looks straight, it is straight. Straight enough. Straight enough. <laughs> that's yeah, all you need. straight enough. I agree. I did. I did as much as I could. It made sense to. I wasn't going to flatten the whole tabletop. I just wherever the high spots were, I just grabbed them, and that was it. I had two nights to make it, and that's how long it took. Um, but the cool thing that I wanted to talk about was the, uh, the, the I guess, minor phenomenon that Tim started <laughs> last week by re-editing my video. I think we're up to like seven, eight, maybe even uh, nine videos. I think there's nine of them now, yeah. I think there's like nine remixes. And that's not that counting the, video. My, my little one that I did, the second one. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was nice just guy, by the way. privately though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I thought I was being so technologically savvy by joining in, and apparently because I just did something really quick on my phone and put it on Facebook, it doesn't count. But whatever, enjoy your whole fame with your video editing thing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The uh, the groupies have been pretty fun, and uh, the paparazzi is relentless. Mm. No, it's because uh, you posted to Facebook. I can't put it in a YouTube playlist. But anyways, put it back up on YouTube, and I'll get it on there. But uh, I don't you know guys, how to do that as of yet, but I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll walk you through it. Um, I think it's something just like uh, copy and then paste, right, Tim? Something oh, like uh, Command V. Command right, well, Command C, Command V. Where's like the Where's the video? It's on your hard drive. Uh, yeah, yeah. How it's did you upload all the other twenty videos that are on your YouTube channel? 
Well, that's the thing is I didn't do it the same way. Kind of. I edited it. Oh, you know what? I just didn't actually upload it to my YouTube. Yeah. That's yeah, what's that's, going that's on. I tried to upload. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't figure out how to upload what I posted to Facebook. Well, take your time. YouTube. Take your time. But I realize now that I can just go into iMovie that I used to edit it and go straight from there. You know what? It's not important. We should be talking about what Tim's up to. Yeah. Oh, the last thing I wanted to say is uh, Pat LaPerriere, Picois, yes. he did a uh, he did a re- remix of that video, and it is dementedly, insanely great. Like, it's just so cool. Um, I won't say any more. You just have to check it out. Yeah, I, I, had, to, I had to show my, my wife and Vance that one, and they were just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I showed it to my wife, and she's like, "He is nuts." Yeah, he is. It's like, did you and talented, just catch fire? naturally like, yes. talented. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> okay, you go, Tim. What uh, What are you up to? What are you in the midst of? Um, I just made a quick. Uh, it was kind of fun. I put some pictures up on Instagram. I made a quick shelf for my my nephew's um birthday is coming up, and he's turning seven. And uh, he has a my, – my sister took in a, a foster child with uh, plans to adopt, um, which is very exciting. So he's a three-year-old boy. So now he has this, this boy who's six, almost seven now, has his brand-new three-year-old brother. Oh, yeah. um, so there's a lot of – you know, it's a tough – a tough thing, you know, for, uh, for a, a kid, his age and stuff. And so one of the problems he's had is his three-year-old has been breaking some of his Lego creations. Oh, apart. No. And, you know, and so that's you know, obviously you, you guys can imagine all the things that are going through this kid's head and stuff. And so I thought, um, my wife had the idea like, well, maybe he needs a little shelf that he can put up out of reach of this kid to put his stuff. And so, um, a, le- a shelf for his Lego. So I was like, okay, his birthday's coming up. I'll make him a Lego shelf. So I, I wanted to make it special for him since he's going through all this, you know, interesting time. So I made it to look like Legos. Uh, I had a, a two by six that I, I cut up into like Lego pieces and ended up by mistake looking like an American flag, <laughs> which is kind of cool though. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just didn't realize I was just doing primary colors and, you know, but, and I made like a base plate for it out of like a piece of half inch plywood. So, you know, like the, the flat base plates that you, you build Legos on. Well, Bill yeah. doesn't know, but, but, um, I mean, I don't know. I just, know you said you don't play with Legos. Not as an adult. I had him when I was a kid. <laughs> no, because he's not playing. When he's using Legos, it's serious business. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I, made a, so I made like a base plate and I did the recessed holes in the bottom of it for uh, to look like the bottom of the plate that you can see under oh, cool. the shelf. Put the bricks on top, you know. Then, But then I wanted, since I made the round parts, it was not a very good shelf because it weren't really very big flat surfaces. So I put a piece of plexiglass on top of it so you could actually double as a... So I did that and then I'm like, you know, I'm working on some other stuff like for the adventure room place. I got a window type thing. I'm making this one of their games. I got the pinball desk still going, which is like I bought these the sliders for the drawers and they're crap. So I'm, I got to take them all out and get some new slider for them. And, and then I'm making these two tables that are I'm not filming, but I'm making I mentioned before these stools that I haven't gotten to yet. I basically just like juggling like a million things right now and not really finishing any of it. But I did get the Lego shelf done. So I went in on Sunday to make sure I'd get that done before his birthday. So good priorities. You have and I hope set he. Straight. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> because I just ruined his surprise. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure chances he's, are hmm. probably not listening to it. Uh, <laughs> we can okay, let's uh, generally say that about everybody, right? Not every seven year old, at least. Yeah, no, probably not. We're, we're we're huge among the 35 to 50 year old men with wood shops, so. I said at least a half dozen of those men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, it's not it's not the amount of people that listen. It's that those four or five that do like us. Thanks, mom. That's an excellent point. Love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> or else. Um, let's uh, move right into our topic. And uh, since this uncomfortable, awkward silence is a pretty good segue into comfort zone. And really the debate that we've had, and I think it was a question that I remember where we came up. Uh, I think we were just sort of tossing around ideas and this one came up. It was comfort zone. Should you Should you be venturing outside of your comfort zone or should you be perfecting the skills you have within it? So that was something that we sort of, you know, when you hear, should you venture out of your comfort zone, everyone's sort of like, yeah, of course, obviously, you should always be trying new things. And um, I, don't, I don't know, I guess I felt like if you're always trying new things, then you're never really getting that good at the thing that you already know. I guess like, uh, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none kind of scenario. So I was curious. That's kind of what, that's kind of, see, I was, I was going to say, well, first of all, I told you guys I had a quote. Check this out. How cool is this to go along with our topic? Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Huh? Huh? That no reaction to that. Yeah, that's a quote. That's a quote. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Who said Whatever. it? Who said, Who said it? it? Did you just make it up? I did Jack not just make it up, and I don't remember where I heard it from because I'm old, and that's I probably heard it a hundred years ago. I think you made it up. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I did not make it up. It's it's, no, a, it's a quote. It's a good quote. Thank you. And, you know, so, Phil, you said something about, you know, jack of all trades, master none. That's what I've done for a living for my whole life. And, and I talked about that not long ago about one of the things I wish I would have done is is actually spent more time perfecting anything, you know, or, or becoming much more efficient at anything. But anyway, Well, that's, that's what I was thinking also because I remember you saying in either the last podcast or the one before was, man, I wish I was much better at welding. Like I wish I could dedicate two years to just, you know, a exactly. metal shop and just learning. So while I agree that it's awesome to try new things, I also think it's great to dedicate and focus and get really good at the things that you sort of want to get really good at. But but when I think about it, my comfort zones don't necessarily have to do with with making. You know, maybe it's it's the uh, the other stuff of like going like for for instance, we reclaim, we're reclaimed audio, we we upcycle, we recycle. I had a really hard time being able to go up to like businesses and when I see a pallet in front of somebody's business, going in and asking, "Hey, can I have that pallet?" You know what I mean? Because I don't want, I'm not very comfortable around people. Um, so there's something that I had to learn how to do and, and step outside of my comfort zone. And I still don't like it doing it. I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm not, that's not something I'm comfortable with, you know? So even though it's not like using a specific tool, learning a new skill, that is a skill in a way of, of being comfortable around people. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you there. Mm. A social skill. That's for sure. Where do you yeah, fall on this, yeah, Tim? Because you've been uh, very silent on the whole topic. Well, uh, you know, I am the kind of person that wants to know how to do everything. Um, I want to be good at everything. So I tend to lean towards that of, I mean, my whole life has been stepping outside of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. But as I get older, I I do find myself wishing I was better at some things. Absolutely. And, um, and I find myself being more interested. Like, just like... Like woodworking in general, like a year ago, I would always say, you know, like, oh, I don't consider myself a woodworker. And I still don't really consider myself a woodworker, but I've been really enjoying woodworking lately, like using hand planes and, you know, and, and doing that. Whereas like when I started doing this stuff, I would, I have one of those electric planers and blah, blah, blah. And I would, I, you know, 
put stuff together and it would be adequate. But now I feel like I've got a better understanding of wood just from working with it so much. But that's why I make what I'm interested in my job. So, Tim, I hear what you're saying, but how's this? Since you, you've stated, like, uh, hey, Phil, did you know he was on uh, MakerCast? Because he was on that, and he talked about the fact that he has had a path <laughs> <laughs> with our buddy John Berard. Um, but so you've had a path of being like, and you, you've always said, you know, I'm artistic, I'm an artist, I've made my living that way, whether it was up on stage or now doing this making thing. Um, wouldn't that all be your comfort zone that you're not really stepping outside your comfort zone because you're just doing hmm. creative things? Wouldn't being like trying to be an accountant? No, that would be outside your comfort zone. You know, that is a good question. Maybe my comfort zone is being uncomfortable. You know, uh, maybe Ooh. that's what I mean, it is definitely what what drives me like as a musician. You know, I mean, I started playing the the electric bass. I mean, I, I started playing guitar and then but basically I was an electric bass player and uh, and you know, I would be like kind of getting to the point I was never, and I, and I say this with all sincerity, I'm not a great bass player. I'm an adequate performing musician, but I'm not some like virtuoso bass player. I, I suck. I just know how to do the job. And, uh, it, and so there's, when Did it got you to want that, us to argue that by the way, no, like, I don't No, You're really good. I don't, no, because you're, no, no, man, you're awesome. No, that, yeah. you know, the bees knees. No, I really, I'm, I'm really like not saying that for that reason. I'm saying it because I, I know I approached music the same way I approached making is like, just as I started to learn how to glue wood together, I went and got a welder. You know what I mean? I did the same thing with music. Like I just, when I was getting to that point where like, Oh wow, I'm starting to play the bass. Now I could really like buckle down and get good at it. I'm like, I'm going to pull the frets out and try playing it like that. And then I was like, yeah, okay, wow. I'm starting to actually get pretty good at this. And like, you know what? I'm going to build a double bass and start playing an electric upright bass. Then I, then, you know, so I was always just sort of exploring adding, it got to the point when I quote retired or whatever from playing music, I would do a lot of duos, like half the gigs were duos with my singer who's also you know, been playing forever. And I would play the the double bass, sing harmonies, play a tambourine with one foot. And then I had a little synthesizer that was run by my finger that I'd be playing with one hand. And I had two microphones. I had one regular microphone, then one vintage microphone with a delay on it. So it, that's instead of getting good at the bass, I got good at doing that, like doing all these things at once and being this sort of weird, like, and now that's, but maybe that's my comfort zone is like, cause I never wanted to just be good at something. I wanted to do something different. As I always say that I've always wanted to do something different and, and original. You know? Where do you think your commitment issues stem from? Would you say? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's got me thinking too, because uh, again, being a jack of all trades, master of none. Am I just, is there a deep seated fear that I have of, I don't want to try and become good at, welding or just woodworking for the fear maybe i can't maybe i maybe am no fail good. maybe that's it maybe yeah. if I, you know there was a period of my life where i was practicing my skills every day and and trying to get pretty good at the thing and i was getting better i mean i definitely saw improvement but maybe i went to the the gimmicks instead of be instead of conquering a fear of like actually like looking at myself in the mirror and be like you know what i'm just an okay bass player i need to be better instead you know, of Phil, an entertainer Phil, that's you valid. say you're, you're the self-proclaimed. Universal, by the way. I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, Tim, uh, Bill, but I wanted to sort of highlight that point that you just made, Tim. I think that's a universal thing. A lot of us bounce around from different things for fear of being judged on that activity, because you can always hide behind. Well, I'm not really like a woodworker. I'm just sort of you know making, and I think it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yep. That's, that's a good, maybe that's, you know, and like the, the reclaimed thing is, you know, one of the things that attracted me to reclaim besides the, uh, all the other reasons that we talk about, like being an environmentalist and the, you know, the money thing is like that. It's okay if there's imperfections in reclaimed 
material. Mm-hmm. It seems like a logical place to start if you're an amateur, you know, woodworker. And now I'm getting to this point in my my making my woodworking where I want to get beyond that, you know. And uh, and so then what do I do? I buy a welder and you know, go into that. But uh, but I mean, it is now. I think that is something that's coming with age for me. Is that I want to start honing in a little bit more. And for me right now, it's on the making, but it's also the video making. I mean, that's become a bigger part of what I do and I want to get better at doing that. Do I want to be able to make Steven Spielberg quality films? No, I have no interest in that, but I want to be better at it. Don't be scared. Yes, you do. It just takes time and effort to get there. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I no, I really don't, don't though. I, I'd rather get better making tables than making Steven Spielberg. Oh, films. Okay. okay. Actually, no, no, not making tables, making new things that haven't been thought of yet. That's, you know, Right. I don't want to make any more tables. I've had enough of those. <laughs> Unless they're made out of bizarre things and, you know. Pinball machine, that'd be an idea. Yeah, been there done that. <laughs> crazy. So, Bill, so I cut you off earlier. What were you going to say? I was going to say you are the self-proclaimed newbie among us. I I mm-hmm. I think your skill set belies that point, but so you're you're kind of a a white-collar guy that is venturing into this making thing. That is outside of most in fact, you've even said a lot of your friends are amazed that, that you're doing this thing because it's so far outside of your comfort zone. What is that feeling like for you? What We know that you've already told us about your creativity and, and computers and all these things and wanting to make things, but the actual doing it, right? What was mm-hmm. that step like, that stepping outside of your comfort zone? Because you've got an actual experience and you're young, so you remember it. Um, go. Um, I guess I didn't really feel all that uncomfortable trying it you know i i I felt pretty comfortable mostly because youtube was a really really good teacher and i watched a lot of videos and a lot of let's say my predecessors forebearers the 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 founding fathers of making on youtube all sort of emphasized safety so i understood what i needed to do using a push stick eye protection all that stuff and um and and so i felt like i had my bases covered there and i felt okay with it the areas where i'm uncomfortable and still feel um, a little bit outside my comfort zone are plumbing. I'm not really into messing around with plumbing because that's that could be a very costly mistake. I'd still rather pay the couple hundred bucks for a plumber to come in and take a look at whatever the problem is. Um, electricity I'm more comfortable with, but if it's anything touch like with the breaker box, yeah, I'll call my buddy. Who's the <laughs> That's why I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll yeah. I'll change sock. I changed every socket in my house. I've changed every light switch in my house because um, they were this ugly, like beige color. We changed it to white when I moved in, and I wasn't going to pay somebody to do that because I that I was comfortable for the first time ever. I played with that, so I'm not really uncomfortable trying new things, um, but I do know where my limits are. And and I'm now that I'm saying that I'm remembering where this came from. This whole topic came from a Facebook conversation where somebody wanted to install a ceiling fan and, oh. uh, and he had no idea what he was doing. Like he had like, he's like, Hey guys, what do I do with this thing? And, and everybody was like, Oh, it's easy. Just do this. Just do this. Just do this. And my advice was call a friend over who's a little bit more experienced. Electricity is not something you want to mess with. Like on a whim, like have somebody walk you through the first time you open up, you know, a ceiling junction box and maybe a light switch and, Understand that, you know, black is hot, white is neutral, and green is ground, like, and what the implications are for those things. So, and everyone was sort of like, yeah, you'll just wing it. Well, what's 110 volts through your heart? Just make sure you don't touch them. I, I, everyone is a little cavalier with it, and I stick by my advice. Ask somebody for a little bit of help with something that could be that dangerous. 
I, I agree so. and I disagree with that. Um, as far as electricity goes, um, it's, it's almost, well, no, you're right. Absolutely. I, find somebody that's done it before, but it is really a super simple project, uh, or yeah, process. Since, since we're recording House. a podcast, find someone to help you. But when we turn it off, I'll be like, ah, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of YouTube on that too. Like we're, we're, we're makers and I would feel a lot less comfortable telling somebody to watch a YouTube video on how to set up your table saw than I would to say, watch a YouTube video on how to hook up a ceiling fan. Because that's a whole lot safer in my book than it is playing with a machine that has a spinning blade on it. Uh, If you get zapped with 110 volts, it's going to hurt. You're not going going to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, both of you have probably been zapped with 110 volts. Oh yeah, yeah, and we live, you know. I, I, um, so it's perspective, but by all means, uh, safety wise, I don't know where that came from. I think it's just because you're like, ah, it's, it's, so it is scary. No, but it's not. I guess Stepping because up- the table saw in your example, intuitively, you know where the danger is, right? It's in that spinning metal blade. Not the wire. If you don't understand red, white, and green, and you're touching the wrong thing, you could cause a fire. You could cause all kinds of things. Well, I, I want to first of all be be very clear on the fact that we're not talking about. Um, electricity in the sense of real electricians. We're talking about home, do-it-yourself wall sockets and fans and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, because I certainly don't, am. Don't not- climb the pole because you saw a YouTube video of a guy climbing the pole. <laughs> but even two twenty is like I would say even more than twice as dangerous as one ten. Actually, you know what? And and this is weird, but I think if you did ask a real electrician about that, they're saying that higher voltages like that are actually less dangerous. And I'm not sure why. The amperage is lower, but still, you don't want to go 220 through your chest. No, you don't. Electricity is weird. It's, uh, you know, but stepping outside your comfort zone. So that's a great, that's actually an amazing example of how that could get started is somebody saying, Mm -hmm. you know, what do I do about. Putting up a ceiling fan. I was just saying, if you're going to step outside your comfort zone and you have access to a co-pilot, why not ask them to join you on that maiden voyage? You know, when I bought my first house, um, I, you know, have changed outlets and stuff in the past. And I had prior to this, I had some very basic limited understanding, you know, black to black, white to white. Um, so I bought this house and, I, and um, one of the, the preconditions before closing was I had it had 60 amp service that was split into two 30 amp services for a two, it was a two family house mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous yeah you're gonna blow that <laughs> so, every day yeah so they 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 gave me 200 I, I made the people that sold me the home it was you know it was a foreclosed home type thing basically but um I mean it was give me 200 amps from the from the street and put 200 amp you know boxes in um and then as I get I'll take care of the outlets and uh, and there was only like one outlet in each room, and half of them didn't work when I get in. So I go the day of the closing, I got the key, I go there, and the electrician was just like checking something or labeling something. And he walks out, I was like, I was like, oh hey, thanks, man. I'm the guy that bought that. I was like, you bought this house, huh? And he's like, I'm like, yeah. He goes, hey, just so you know, you probably shouldn't use this electricity yet. <laughs> he's like, the boxes are all good. I stopped at the boxes. I didn't do anything else, you know. I'm like, okay, cool, you know. So I, I. Got the refrigerator running or whatever, put some beer in it, you know, started moving in. And I uh, called my buddy up who actually worked as an electrician for a few years. And he came over. He's like, all right, he's like, let's take a look. He pops open the, the hatch in the attic and he, he just comes down instantly. He goes, come on, we're going to Home Depot. <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to do this right now, he says. It was just a nightmare of this guy just jury rigged this thing together. And so there's an example of like, I, because I went and put 100 amps into this house and I had all these things and, the, you know, it was all a mess at the box. I could have really started a fire, apparently. Um, because I had no idea. I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, and I found the one outlet that worked and I plugged the, the, the refrigerator in the most powerful sucking 
energy sucking thing I could find into it. And I was like, right. well, well, you know, that in one bulb. So, um, yeah, there's, there's something to be said for, for erring on the side of caution. When it, when it comes to stepping inside or outside your comfort zone. Yeah. But now does it, what, what constitutes it being a comfort zone? Because even if you don't have any experience with something, but you're not afraid of it, for example, like me um, not it, being afraid of the electricity, almost melting my house. Right. So, for somebody else, is it just perspective? Because like I'll, I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone when it comes to welding aluminum because that's not something I've done before. I'm trying to build a bicycle. I don't want the bicycle to fall apart when I'm going 30 miles an hour down a hill. That's uncomfortable. I want to take my time, do a good job, blah, 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 to where somebody else might say, what? Why aren't putting in a new outlet? I could do that. And they're not. So if they're not afraid of it, is that outside your comfort zone? You know, that's a great question, and I and I, now that I think about it, now that we're having this conversation, because I think a lot of people don't sort of explore these topics, I don't think it's fear that defines a comfort zone, but it's more like experience. Experience of what? Like if you haven't ex- if you haven't done something before, then it's outside of your comfort zone. It's not that whether or not you're scared of doing it. So it's not a feeling of being comfortable or not. It's just not your realm of expertise or what you're what you're used to doing. They generally example, go hand in hand, though. Like, right, if you've done something a whole bunch of times and you're comfortable doing it, if you've never done it before, it's kind of like there's no muscle memory for it. It's a little bit more of an awkward, uncomfortable. I guess that's where the metaphor goes. Because, yeah, you're right. You could be some brash, super, like, ballsy guy and you're like, I could do that. 440 volts? Let me check that out. No problem. Meanwhile, you know, the sirens are going off and you're at the emergency room. Yeah, so you so what, you we're in your wheelhouse. I think what we're saying is ignorance is not the same as comfort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have definitely been ignorant in the past and done things as uh, we all have as as oh, young men sure. and even grown men. And then you look back at like I think about things that I've done in the past, especially when you're young and like a teenager, so you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Like I could have killed myself, you know? And that is not, I was comfortable doing it, but I was not in a comfort zone. I was just ignorant. So, so reeling it in, like we try and do, um, to get it back to reclaimed and, and upcycle and recycle and doing things like that. If you are somebody who's getting into woodworking and you're used to buying your materials at the lumber yard and this and that, do you think it could pause, even though you're proficient at dovetails and all these other things and you're getting really good at being a woodworker and your hand plant, all this stuff, you're, you, I'm a woodworker, right? You, you feel comfortable with that. Now I want to venture into reclaim. Do you think that is stepping outside of your comfort zone? I don't, where do I get materials? I have to go scrounge off the straw. I don't want people seeing me, you know, digging through garbage or a dumpster, um, is that an example of what a comfort zone could be? I think so. Just Tim, gathering can materials. I answer your question by asking Tim a question? Yes. Tim, when you first start playing guitar, is it easier or harder to play the acoustic? Um, it's, well, you know what it is? It's the same as in a wood shop. When you got, think about your first table saw. That's most people's first guitar. It's, it's harder it's, because it's, it's not as it's, good. It's not as good. It's harder. Right. And um, so most people's first guitar is some like really crappy acoustic, um, you know, or a really crappy electric. And really, you know, from the from that standpoint, like the really crappy electric might be a little bit easier to play. Also, because you figure you're probably smaller. So the body's smaller. So it's easier to hold. Yeah. So there's some things like that. And then there's also just the because so many people think that they don't play guitar. Like, oh, the acoustic's harder. But really, they're not. It's the same. It's the same thing. So you know. my point being, because I've had friends who play guitar, and, and I always ask, I was like, 
obviously an electric guitar is cooler and the price points are probably similar. You can get a cheap electric for the same as you can get a decent acoustic, a couple hundred bucks and you're playing. Mm-hmm. And, and what, well, you're, you know, the, what I was told was that the traditional way of starting was you start with the harder thing. And then that way, when you move on to electric, it's just easier. Like when you're, and you're playing ice hockey and you practice with a heavier puck, the yep. regular puck just seems easier. Well, that's just the, the crappy guitar versus the new guitar, the crappy saw versus the new saw. And that we talked about that with the, the tool tool episode, I believe. Right. So or, my, you know, my point is, is that working with reclaimed, I believe is actually harder than working with new material because of how many limitations that it has, having to cut around holes or incorporate it, figuring out how to incorporate them. The fact that a lot of reclaimed wood is pretty wonky, like that, you know, it's not going to be super straight grained. And, you know, you, when you buy new material, you can find that perfect board. You can look for that clear no-knot thing, you know, that clear board that doesn't have any knots. Um, and, you know, you can sight like it. Knots. Look down it and it's clean. Yeah. You're talking about Don knots, though. I'm actually very impressed that you would use that as a reference, but no, I wasn't talking about Don Knotts. Uh, I, well, I like wood with the I like wood with knots in it. It's character. It's, 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 it's got I like, I like personality. Andy. What was the Don Knotts movie with the, the fish or whatever? Oh, The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Thank you. <laughs> oh, of course. Those are the movie references he gets. Yeah. <laughs> 1950s Don Knotts movies. Right. But when we move on to the talkies... <laughs> He has no idea. <laughs> hey, this was CGI before there was CGI, pal. Right. Um, well, yeah. It was just it was just uh, a animation. <laughs> it was just a. <laughs> so I was going to say that that Bill's question is is moving on to reclaim. I think it's actually harder. And I think when I, I'm a newbie and I started off with reclaimed, and then whenever I get the chance to work with something that's like new material, I'm like, wow, this is. This is so easy. These pieces are just straight and square and just yeah. you just move forward much more quickly. So but then there there are the woodworkers that they're like their idea of woodworking is where they go, they cut the tree down, they dry it out for two years, and they have no straight edges. So that's harder than Yes. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so I, I think those, it all comes might down have perspective. machinery to square it up though. Yeah, that it's, helps. It's it's gotta be perspective. Because if you've got let's say let's say you are of means and you have the resources to when you start woodworking, you go out and buy a brand new two thousand dollar cabinet saw. That's your first table saw. You know, so does that mean that that's easier to learn because it's a much better machine? Or you still you still gotta learn. You still gotta learn not to cut your fingers off and how to use the the fence and and you know what I mean? So You do, but the challenges are different. I mean that, that fence yeah, the the things are it's gonna different. cut is going to be square and true every time. Right. Whereas that skill saw I had, you had to measure it three, four times before you could make a cut. Otherwise, you're going to end up either getting an un, unsquare cut or you're going to bind that blade because you were going to pinch the wood in between the blade but, and the fence. But, but you don't know that you want it to have perfect miters and corners and straight edges when you're starting out. It'll just work You're just happy though. that, look, I just cut this board in half. Woohoo! Yeah, maybe. What are the chances, though, someone's buying a a three horsepower cabinet saw is their first saw. Well, I'm well, sure there's Mr. Drummond. I look sure at it this people. way: what are the chances I'd be on a podcast with you two, right? <laughs> Mr. Drummond, really? <laughs> well, he Mr. said a man Drummond. of means. Wait, 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 Mr. A man Drummond. Of means. That's, Mr. In, Drummond. that's oh. in the theme song. I know that. Different strokes. That's right. <laughs> I am getting yeah. so good at this whole recognizing your reference thing. Well, this is all, to be honest, this these, is all the these same ones are era. Yeah, this is all the same era that Don Knotts was on. Three's company. That's right. 
So that's right. just to bring back true. the dot nuts. But I'm looking at it this way because see, you guys go off topic all the time. I'm looking at it this way. <laughs> I, I am stepping out of my comfort zone by being able to try and pay more attention to both of you and accept that you might have something funny to say. Therefore, I'm I'm saying, okay, I won't just keep talking all the time. I'll listen. And therefore, I get the references that you make about movies. It's outside of my normal Tim, comfort zone. There's a, com- there's a compliment a- in there somewhere. What, I wasn't listening. What are you saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stepping outside my comfort zone, and I'm pretending like what you say is valid. And interesting. Yeah, and interesting. <laughs> Again, it's all perspective, and obviously you guys have a very poor perspective. Uh-huh. I hope our next co-host has better perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Ah. All right. Let's move into the next comfort zone. What are we, what are we watching? Um, Bill, what are, you, what are you watching on YouTube these days? Or what's the one that you want to no. highlight here? Oh, man. You're not going to kill my shout outs. No, no, no. Do your thing. That's right. Gosh, Do your thing, it. playboy. Um, no, seriously, though, there's, there's some shout outs I want to give. There's some amazing people out there. And I, do you hear the paper rustling? He has his like list. <laughs> I know. Honestly. I do. Look, I every week, see, I am prepared. I step out. This is not a comfortable thing for me to do, to be able to sit down and be prepared for anything. I'm always flying, playing by the cuff of my pants. Well, how do you say that? But you flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Off the cuff. I knew there was cuffs and pants. But anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, Billy McCord, I know you are listening. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to give him a shout out because he's just starting his YouTube channel and he did something for Sterling's Palette Challenge. It's a really cool round table. Yeah, it's great. I saw it. Yeah, instead of using the palette slats, he used the palette um, the runners or the rails or whatever you want to call it. And it came out really cool. So I thought that. Um, I call him the backbone of the palette. I, I call like you the backbone of our podcast. Uh, in, 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 in Spanish, it translates to the soul of the palette. How oh, do you say deep. it? Uh, runner. <laughs> Runnerino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, Bill Lavolsi's really cool multi-tool keychain thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. So, Bill, if you're listening, good job, buddy. That was I, I never thought to use a, uh, a hex head bolts head a quarter inch size to fit quarter inch bits it's genius it's genius also check it out two of my favorite people mitchell dillman i've i've been a fan of forever he's one of my back when i first found tim and all these other guys mitchell dillman sterling davis speaking of which went to colorado and is hanging out with mitchell i just think that's not fair but i appreciate that and i'm not really going to hold it against sterling too much um, moving Colorado's on. Colorado's only like a one day drive for you. You're not working. I know, right but now. I got I got to go through Utah to get there, and and I lived there for ten years, so I'm like, eh, I've already I've been there, done that. You know, oh, but I'm going to yeah, do it. I'm restraining do it. order. Yeah, right. Well, that too. The I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's only like for uh, half a dozen counties. If I go the long way around, I can bypass all of that. Go through Wyoming. No, I'm definitely no, not Montana, right? Montana, what's above it? I don't know. <laughs> go north. Um, uh, Another shout out real quick. When I was a kid, so back before uh, electricity, no. When I was a kid, <laughs> I remember my sister bought, bought me this book that had, uh, it was like a sci-fi book that had all these creatures and stuff in it that were really cool. And anyway, Rebecca DeGroote is um, 
an artist and she's just starting her YouTube channel as well. And she makes these amazing spider looking alien carvings out of wood. She's a maker and an artist and a teacher and check her out. Rebecca, if I know you're listening too. I love your stuff. It's really cool, but they creep me out because they look like spiders. Yeah. I'm just saying I might have a bad dream, but they're really neat. Yeah. Yeah, They're beautiful. And the last one real quick. And I'm just saying, did you guys see Ben Aida's spiral staircase video? Yeah. 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 That was just amazing. Just guys, we don't need to say who Ben is, but if you haven't seen that, go check it out. That spiral staircase. Wow. I'm just saying, wow. What an amazing guy. I, I'd, I'd love to meet him someday. Anyway. Yeah. It'd be great um, to pick so, his brain, you know? <laughs> two weeks in a row. It would. If, if there was any way to just sit down and say, hey, Ben, what do you think about Tim's bass playing? <laughs> that hack? I think Mr. Ueda would be very inclined to give a little bit of criticism. I'd be like, Tim. And, and, and I would, the I, one I would, would listen to him. I would appreciate it. I, I would yeah, appreciate it. You know what? I don't care so much what Bill has to say, but I would love to hear what Ben has to say. I would really value that opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> fine. All kidding aside, I've never seen anyone use a CNC machine to make stairs. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a, a brilliant idea. That was pretty Absolutely darn brilliant. innovative. Yeah. Well, you know, he called me, he says, Bill, what should I do to make these <laughs> stairs? And I'm like, dude, I'm not one for using CNCs and stuff, but you should try that because... I, it's outside of my comfort zone, but I bet with your architectural design genius, that would be a piece of cake for you. Lo and behold, boom, video. There we go. True story. And I told him, do, yeah, not, do not put my name on your video. That's ridiculous, Ben. It's all you, buddy. Uh, anyway, so who am, I, who am I saying? Go check out this link that I'm leaving on our, on our um, um, reclaimedaudio.com liner note thing. Is uh, Broken Edge Designs. The guy's got like eight, nine videos. He's an upcyclist. Uh, the last video he did, which was amazing, is a – and it's what's actually inspired what I want to do for Sterling's contest. He took a pallet and he filled – he just took a, a pallet. Without tearing it apart, he filled in all the empty spaces between the slats with a different colored board to give it a, a – what do you call it? Like a light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. Mm-hmm. And then created this coffee table. It shows how he took some um, new – metal casters but he distressed them and made them rusty and it, it's awesome broken edge designs uh all of his videos are really good like that i kind of binge watched them check it out the guy's only got a few subscribers uh small little guy like us not like you and tim mr big shots in the world some of us little guys we need the love and support check out broken edge designs okay i'm done wow that was quite the list i love how i love how bill can promote everybody in the in the maker community and simultaneously put us down yeah it's quite the skill he seems very comfortable with it and and yet you guys want to replace me i don't get it yeah it's a real mystery (laughs) baffling tim your breath boys go ahead (laughs) tim who are you uh highlighting this week um well i a couple things I wanted to say real quick. I'm still watching the Olympics. I, I wish they would show more of like the track and field stuff and less of the, I feel like they always show the same things, you know, like the, the, the big things like the swimming and, and I, and I enjoy the swimming and the running and the gymnastics, but I want to see like the, all those like random sports I didn't know about because there's a whole bunch of them. Everyone's trying to get that little 10 second teaser where there's like, I didn't know there's whitewater rafting in the Olympics. 
I'm like, how come they're not showing that all day? It's yeah. awesome, you know. But so I'm watching that, of course. I also wanted to mention the Beatles. Can I interrupt real quick? And I, I'm seriously, I'm sorry, Tim, but I Go. wore this shirt, Phil, because I wanted to say that I was talking crap about the soccer and how, you know, when, when mm. you guys lose to the, the U.S. women's team, they got knocked out. Canada is undefeated. They are kicking butt. The, the women's football soccer uh, Canada right now is I'm rooting for them. I wore a – America got knocked top. out? Yeah, they got it was. They are like That's the number shocking. one. In the, I know, and they lost to uh, uh, Sweden. Uh, but anyway, Canada's wow. looking super strong, and they are. I'm so excited to watch them, and I think they're going to take it. So that's why I wore the the Canada tank top. Okay, I'll I'll root for we whoever's playing your Canada. Support, Bill, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll root for the other team. That's great. So, <laughs> and you want to get rid of me? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't say right away. <laughs> <laughs> This is another week of Olympics going on, you know? Yeah. Listen, it's a process. Um, did you say who you're oh, – I, I, No, I haven't gotten through yet. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, was, I also wanted to mention real quick, I wanted to mention the Beatles, that I've been listening to the Beatles since probably even in utero, and I still – I was listening, I was listening <laughs> to the Beatles. Nirvana album? Yeah, th- even then. Okay. And, uh, and I, I was listening to the Beatles all day again in the shop, and I'm still, as a as a musician, as an artist, as a maker or whatever, I still – I just love the Beatles, man. It's just – I, I – they still have new things to hear. So I want to mention the Beatles can never go wrong with the Beatles, but then the video I wanted to mention, and I hope I, I not crossing a line because this is uh the web, the channel is RS creations and he has one subscriber and it's me. <laughs> and he just started this channel, but he just sent this, this video via, um, uh, Twitter or, or something to me to, of his son, his five-year-old son and him in the shop making this little wooden sailboat. And, uh, and he was saying how, Cause he knows like, you know, I always talk about how I try to have my son do things and I try not to do it for him. And, and so he has, it's just, it's just this cutest two and a half minutes of, of his little five-year-old boy using these tools and working with his dad. And it, and it's, I, I wrote back to him. I said, this is the best woodworking video I've seen in a long time. And it really, really made me happy. And, uh, and anybody else that, that enjoys that sort of thing, it will make them happy as well. So I'm sorry if you don't want me to be publicizing your channel, but your video was just adorable. So (laughs) that's the link. Okay, I'm going to check that out. You know what? He's got one subscriber. You're right. Now he's got two. I just doubled his subscriber base. Oh, what's, what's it called? See the, power, see the power of our of our website, of our, our podcast? We just doubled this guy's subscription in a second. We are media juggernauts, gentlemen. <laughs> what, what, what is it called? R.S. Creations? R.S.Creations. R.S. Because there's a lot of R.S. Creations yeah, that only I have one subscriber, and they were a little scary. Yeah, your best bet is to actually go to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and check out the uh, the link, link, the link from there. there. Be right there, or you could you could check our private chat tube. There's a link in there. Hey, is it wrong that I've never seen our uh, website? Yeah, super wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, have you seen kidding. yours yet? Yeah. <laughs> I have actually, and and I was you know we've got a little time left, so. Phil was we, just we, about to tell us what he said. So, we, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyways, thanks for asking, guys. Who am I watching? Yeah. So I'm watching. Um, I, I, I probably don't have to tell anybody. Everyone's already watching this guy. But his name is Four Eyes. That's the name of the channel. His name is Chris Solomon. He is unbelievably talented in two ways. One, great maker, great woodworker, yada, yada, yada. But this guy tells stories that are so engaging. He's so calm and polished in the in the storytelling that he's um you know he's got these voiceovers for all these videos and it's always a story it's always like something that really really sucks you in the most recent one was this uh nursery dresser that he did for a friend 
and uh, you know the joinery's cool, and like he's got some really interesting um, just design aspects, like the way the poles work and how they're just really very minimalist. But he talks about it's for his best friend who, who's who's uh, they're expecting. He talks about how they met in college and, you know, what he means to him and what the nature of their friendship is. It's just, I think, sort of very different than what we're used to from a lot of uh, makers. And he reminds me a lot of Eloy Escajeda, who is uh, who is a good buddy of mine, who also I'm not I didn't I didn't say that probably, did I? Escajeda? Escajeda. Um, it was a good buddy of mine. And he tells really engaging stories in this in a similar fashion. Shout out to, to Eloy's latest video. He just put it up. Uh, this week for listeners, uh, he was actually, we were chatting back and forth about, he wanted to make a guitar cause he plays and, uh, and he was like, so, cause I've made a bunch of crappy guitars. I'm like, dude, just go, just make a crappy guitar, man. Just get some, you know, get some wood and make a guitar. And so he did. And it's awesome. So oh, go really? check it out. Is that what I you was like telling him like, I just saw the box, the box for the gift. And then, right. He just painted a box to make it look like wood. That's the video I just saw. Am I a week behind? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, you know, he just posted it like an hour ago. Like oh, we're recording this okay. podcast on Monday. Yeah, no, so he made it. But he road. made a guitar out of just like like pine, like two by four type pine. Um and you know, he did the frets out of nails, the whole bit totally works, you know, and it I don't want to tell you any more about it, but just he did a great job with it for like okay, his first so attempt at a guitar. Not getting all sucked into that rabbit hole of like, oh well, I have to have this type of truss rod and these types of pickups and you know, and having he he didn't worry about trying to make his perfect guitar. He just made this really fun functional guitar and now he's i know he's just going to be making more of them because that's what happened to me i made one out of a two by four and it worked and then i just kept going you know do you have to know how to play in order to make a guitar no no it helps because then you know if it's a good one or not but i think it's better if you don't (laughs) i I had a guy i was in a i was in a parking lot at this the steel yard once i don't know how i ended up talking with this guy and um and he was like telling me he's a woodworker or whatever and he's like oh yeah i took this class i made a guitar I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, I'm a musician. He's like, oh, I, you know, he's like, well, come here. It's in my car. I want you to play it. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like, thanks. But, you know, he's like, because I don't play. I don't know if it's any good or not. And so then I had to pick it up and it was, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was a beautiful guitar as far as woodworking goes, but the, the setup on it and the action and the, the way it felt, it was just like, actually the string broke on me, like right when I, because it was just so, like all the edges were too sharp and, and uh, I was just like, oh yeah, no, it's got potential. <laughs> You know, what do you say? You're just some parking lot. This guy's like worked for a hundred hours on this guitar. You're like, oh yeah, this is a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the first time I've had to even beep on you, Tim. I was going to say, you might want to timestamp that, Phil, because I want to put a star in the calendar. Tim's first curse word. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> on the podcast, not my first curse word. Well, on the podcast, yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine? Anyways. Um, okay. Uh, let's just... Somewhere an angel lost its wings. I know. (laughs) A unicorn loses its horn. (laughs) That's it. Nope. Then that's the day the unicorns all died. That's right. (laughs) Vance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where are we? Oh, yeah. Our channels Um, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I am Phil Pinsky. Uh, Bill Lutz, I'll, I'll do you a favor this week. WilliamLutz.com. That's where you can find anything yes! and everything that is the Bill Lutz. And you don't even, I, it's, oh my, ah, WilliamLutz.com. Yeah, it's, it's Lutzgasmic based on the noise <laughs> he just made. I Ew. just did, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was I was going to ask um I was just going to ask Justin Sparks who put that page together. Just put a link to timsway.net on that page for me so I can just say you can also find me at williamlutz.com. <laughs> and then on Tim's page if you oh, could just Oh, mon frere. Oh, I can put a link to William Lutz's page on, on my And page. it's just like this <laughs> recursive <laughs> algorithm that just takes you into this loop. Just of all Tim enter all enter we could, we, we could blow up servers all over the interwebs. That's right. <laughs> And uh, let me do Tim the favor then. You can just Google Tim and uh, Tim Sway, and you can just Bing him on Google, and then you'll just find yeah. him anywhere on all of the social media platforms. Well, you know, I always forget that, that I do have a website. It's just timsway.net. Uh, that's an easy you one. You can find, yeah, like williamlutz.com. I've had that since like the 90s. So you just go there. It's, yeah, the site I'm, last was updated in the 90s, I believe. But, but <laughs> it looks a little GeoCities, but it's cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's got the. <laughs> it's got the animated <laughs> torch gifs. Yeah, <laughs> the dancing guy with the, the flying V guitar going yeah. back and forth. <laughs> oh, remember the dancing baby from uh, what was that show with Callista Flockhart? Oh, uh, uh, Allie uh, McBeal. Allie McBeal. Yeah. Bill again, again. Oh, you know what? He's been hustling us this whole time. I know that we're going to play a game of Cranium at one point, and he's just going <laughs> to take all of our money. Going to crush us. I know. Amelga Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> it's an answer to one of the questions anyways um all the shoes all the shoes that's right <laughs> you I played him you played him all right i haven't but i just knew that okay so contact us for show topics suggestions feedback we genuinely uh encourage you to do so because we really love reading and getting and responding to all the stuff that you send us info at reclaimed or if you want to ask us a very short question that you think could be a great show topic uh, just hit us up at Reclaimed Audio on Twitter. Or if you want to send us an email and make an amazing suggestion, like why don't we get T-shirts that have like um, a, a Mohawk T-Rex saying, what is the loot? Chip, thank you for the amazing idea. Now, I'm just saying that was an awesome idea. We should use it, whether or not we do, but I do think we should get some swag going on at some point, and I just thought I'd throw that out there. Thank you, Chip, for the amazing idea, because you're probably listening. Why are you both staring at me? It's probably, the, it's probably the O Canada tank top you're wearing. Um, okay. Maybe uh, maybe we could actually do something with the, the Canadian flag and, and the loot's head, and that would take care of you two. And then we just, 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 <laughs> and just put just it in a dumpster. me wearing me. this tank top? That would a be picture, pretty cool. A shirt with a picture of you wearing a Canadian tank top. Oh, man. Yeah. Just loot section. Like inside the oh, loot Oh, and if I was holding a base. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait. A water ski base. There's a, I, I knew a guy who knew a guy <laughs> who had a T-shirt <laughs> made of him wearing a T-shirt with him on it. Like that, you know, like inside the mirror thing. So he had like. Oh, infinity he, mirror. Yeah, yeah, an infinity mirror, but he had it, it was like an infinity T-shirt. So he just had T-shirt pictures of him wearing a T-shirt, picture of him wearing a T-shirt inside his T-shirt. <laughs> we could do something like that. This is the episode that will not end, by the way. Just oh yeah, sorry. Um, where was I? What on iTunes? Please leave us a review, Bill. It really helped in getting people to listen to the show and just getting us a larger audience and yada yada. It takes two seconds, and we'd really appreciate it. On Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash Reclaimed Audio. Uh, we appreciate your support, and it really goes a long way in helping us to continue to have these fun conversations and to rib each other every week. So um, unless you guys have something else, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. No, you, you shushed us. We're done. Yeah, whatever. It was, it was good fun. <laughs>
right. I'm still talking to our listeners. Be good, everybody. But Phil, you know, this guy. <laughs> I, I say I love both Tim, Phil, and all of our listeners. Bye, everybody.